بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد و نسلی علی رسول الکریم اللہ بعد Just to continue what we were talking about before Maghrib Salah Discussion centered around the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala The Ahlullah This is what was the driving force in their lives And this is unfortunately what we don't have to the extent that we should Every mu'min, alhamdulillah, the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala is in the heart of every mu'min. But muhabbat is also, like many other things, something that varies. How much of muhabbat the person has love for his parents and he has love for the other extended family people as well. But the love varies and differs. The extent of love he has for his own parents would be different and of a higher level generally than those who are a little distant. So likewise, there are those who are the true ashiks of Allah Ta'ala, the type of love they have for Allah Ta'ala, and what extent of love we have is vastly different. And it is this love that is the driving force. As muhabbat talkhaha shiri shawad. This is a Farsi Persian line that the poet is saying as muhabbat talkhaha shiri shawad muhabbat and the love makes bitter things sweet now bitter meaning things that sometimes a person may have found difficult but with muhabbat it becomes very easy many a person finds it difficult to wake up for fajr salah but when muhabbat really settles in the heart he can't wait for tahajjud time wake up for tahajjud. Now what made that transformation? Once upon a time he couldn't wake up for fajr salah. Now he is unable to see the night through. He's waiting so anxiously for tahajjud time. The famous couplet of Sayyid Sulaiman Nabi after he went into the khidmat of Hazrat Al-Shafari family there was a different color in him different feeling and these couplets and these ash'ar he said after this new journey in his life otherwise he was an alim of a very very great caliber he was an alim whose uh, fame had spread not just in the Indo-Pak subcontinent even the Arab lands person of a very high caliber but there was a sudden different phase in his life after the sohbat and the sohbat is what is a transforming factor. So that's when these are the couplets that he began then saying, like this particular aspect we are talking about now, the person, not that this was in his case, but many of us, sometimes we have a battle waking up for Fajr Salah, then Allah Ta'ala's tawfiq, a person progresses in deen, and something then strikes the heart, person goes out in the path of Allah Ta'ala, something comes into his heart, mind, some change happens, he goes out and spends some time in the company of the Ahlullah. So there is this increase in muhabbat. So he expresses this that Wada Aneka Shabe Akhir Mehe Subah se intizare sham hai. The Wada Aneka that the time the appointed time is the last part of the night. This is he's referring to the time of the Hajjud. So now he is giving this as a like the meeting time with the beloved 
has been fixed as the last time of the night. Now because this is the meeting time of the beloved, from the morning he's waiting for the night to come. He's unable to see the moments pass. It's taking too long. Now what has suddenly changed it? Now he's talking about the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala, that now this settled deep down in the heart of a person, his night is just not passing now, he can't wait for it to pass. Because of the time of appointment to meet the beloved, to meet with Allah Ta'ala in terms of ibadat. So what changed this muhabbat? When the true muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala settles deep down in the heart of a person, then his enthusiasm to do that which Allah Ta'ala has commanded will be different. It won't be a mechanical performance of things. Even that is not without benefit. Sometimes shaitan puts all kinds of wasawis in a person's heart and mind that when your salah is now so devoid of any concentration and you can't seem to keep your concentration even for just one minute and uh, your mind is just flipping around here and there and so on. So what's the point in performing the salah? That too is a very great bounty of Allah Ta'ala that the person is in the masjid or he's performing his salah. If that too wasn't there, then there's no point or no, no place for even the concentration to come someday. If the person throws the container away, where is he going to pour the milk? He threw the glass away, what is going to pour the milk? So that amal itself has to be maintained. But the effort has to be made to bring the life into it. And the life is his muhabbat. Now, when that muhabbat has come, then it will be a very different scene. Now it won't be just a mechanical performance. Now he'll be conscious I'm standing in the presence of the master of the universe. I'm standing in front of Rabbi Kainat. I'm talking to Allah Ta'ala. I'm talking to my creator. But there won't be just that mechanical performance. What will change it? Muhabbat. If Muhabbat is there, then there'll be a different feeling. In his other ibadat, there will be a different enthusiasm. The time will come to discharge his zakat. It won't be a huge burden. When a person is spending something on a gift, one is now he's forced to spend it to give that gift to somebody who he is trying to extract one favor out of. Now we'll call it a gift. Sometimes it's a sheer bribe, which is haram obviously. But now that will be, if it is something just to get the person out of his way or whatever, so he'll spend that money, but it will be a terrible burden. I have to waste his money on this. But he spent it. And the other is a person is buying something, he's spending on something, he's spending a lot, he's spending sometimes more than he can afford. But he's spending it to buy something for someone who he truly loves. He spends it and feels happy spending it. If he spends it and he's feeling very, very thrilled about it, that he spent it. When the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala will come, that zakat, he won't be finding it as a burden and grudgingly giving it. Even, this is just again a point on the side, if a person finds some difficulty within himself in discharging it, that too should never be a barrier. And that too is a mujahada now. Now despite that uh, this reservation within himself, or that some resistance, but he's suppressing that and still doing what Allah has commanded, that too is a very great thing. That too is a mujahada. And on that too he'll get tremendous reward. But when the muhabbat comes, 
it will be a different situation. Then he won't be finding any resistance, he'll be being pulled along. How can I do this immediately, do it better, give a little bit more? And the same will go with all the other ibadats, he won't be content with just fulfilling the faraiz. And well, if he has to, then well, the wajibat, sunnat makkada there's no well, option in it. So now he has to do it, so he'll do it. And apart from that, apart from that, well, nafil is nafil. So nafil means you mustn't do it. That's our understanding of what nafil means. But for an ashik, for a person who has muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala, then he sometimes can't stop the nafil. Because this is getting him closer to Allah Ta'ala. So when the muhabbat comes, the taluk of Allah Ta'ala will be different in terms of his amal, in terms of what he's doing. And likewise, it will become a very easy thing comparatively to stay away from things that Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. Because if a person has true love for his wife, for example, he's not a person that now everything has just broken down, that muhabbat is there, no matter what his habit might be, no matter how steep he might be in some wrong habit, or for example looking at haram, but he's not going to do it in front of her. Because he's worried about the relationship mustn't break. So that's a terrible sin he's involved in. But at the same time he's not risking ever doing it in a way that she'll detect or she'll catch up. And Allah forbid that if a person gets caught up in this kind of things, and that's just shaitan's deception, or you go along with it, you are too smart. You are smarter than the smartphone. So you don't have to worry, you go along. Those who got caught, those who fell, it was because they weren't as smart as you. That's shaitan's deception, like the person who deceives that fish in the water with that hook completely camouflaged. That hook is completely concealed with that bait. So now that hook is concealed, so that fish comes along thinking this is the most juicy morsel I've seen. So it bites onto it. And when it bites onto it, then suddenly now the whole thing has changed. That juicy muscle turned out to be a trap. So shaitan also makes sins very, apparently very juicy. Very, 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 very tempting. Very appetizing. But in that appetizing muscle is this hook of shaitan. And once a person bites onto it, Allah forbid, then shaitan starts reeling in. Like that person now, that fisherman starts reeling in. And now this person gets so deeply caught into that hook, then suddenly a time comes now when he realizes he's coming too close to the surface. Things are getting dangerous. Now he wants to unhook himself, but he can't seem to find the strength and the courage to unhook himself. He's too caught up. Allah forbid, then everything just suddenly explodes. So, Allah Ta'ala save us, Allah Ta'ala protect us, never to take chances with these things. These are things that then distance a person completely from Allah Ta'ala and then distance a person from Deen. And Allah forbid that he distances him, one thing leads to another, then his Deen is gone and then his dunya collapses around him too. Allah Ta'ala keep us in his protection, Allah Ta'ala save us. So, what we are talking about is, when a person now, this muhabbat has come, 
So he won't risk affecting that relationship. Like this person has got that love for his wife now, he's not going to risk affecting that relationship. But that Muhammad of Allah Ta'ala has settled in the heart, let alone doing anything haram, insan is insan, he won't, it's not that he'll become masoom, masoom with the Ambiya Ali Musalatu Salaam, we are not masoom. But that muhabbat will become a barrier between deliberately planning sin. He's insan, he can slip, he can fall, he's walking carefully, but he didn't see that loose stone and he slipped and fell. It's possible, it can happen. But he won't be sitting and premeditating how to commit that sin and go about it in a way that he can duck and dive and how he can try and fool everybody. That muhabbat won't allow him to do that. As insan, he can still fall sometimes. But if he falls, if that muhabbat is in the heart and he fell by chance, the reaction to that fall will be such that it might end up taking him beyond the level where he was before that fall. The kind of toba he will make and the kind of tears he will shed, like that incident that happened in the time of Rasulullah where there was a slip. It was a chance thing that happened, there was a slip that woman committed a mistake and despite the fact that this was not known to anybody but that restlessness within her didn't allow her to sit without coming to Rasulullah and expressing this is what happened and the lengthy incident Nabi Sassam kept on trying to move it out until it came to a point where the Shari evidence now was fulfilled and now there was no way of now dismissing this so eventually the Punishment that was necessary was meted out. There were two incidents, one was a woman, separate incident of a man. Eventually that punishment was meted out. So now when the punishment of stoning to death was being meted out, the blood of the person started spurting. So somebody commented that beware of the blood of the adulterer. Rasulullah immediately cautioned him. Don't say that. If this person's toba was distributed to all the people of Medina, it suffices for him. Where he might have been before, the fall happens by chance. But the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala brought about such a reaction that the level that was there prior to that, it went to such a point that Nabi Sallallahu is saying, this person's toba would suffice for the whole community. Now that was the effect of muhabbat, the reaction toward the fall. So what is that a person's entire manner will change in terms of his relationship with Allah Ta'ala, in terms of fulfilling his ibadat, in terms of staying away from haram, in terms of doing that which will bring him closer to Allah Ta'ala, bring others closer to Allah Ta'ala. Now generally when we talk about bringing others closer to Allah Ta'ala, our minds go in certain specific aspects only again. For example, a person he now gets involved in the work of Deen, Alhamdulillah, Summa Alhamdulillah. That is a very basic and essential way to bring ourselves also and others also closer to Allah Ta'ala. So now a person is involved in the work of Deen, the effort of Dawah, etc. person is teaching somebody something, person is inviting someone, whatever, various modes. But when there's the love of Allah Ta'ala in the heart, it won't be confined to just a particular mode. 
It will be in any and every way. For example, the person now has a business to run. His business won't be just business for the sake of making money. He'll actively make that business dower. And when that has become his focus, that this business also must be dowered, how he'll deal with his staff, how he'll deal with his customers, how he'll deal with somebody that tried to cheat him, how he will deal with somebody who needed some kind of consideration, will be a totally different picture. Because he will be seen, looking into the situation as, how can I get the benefit of being out of this situation? If my overlooking this mistake is going to make this person come closer to Islam, what a great benefit I've got. So I'd rather lose the few rands, bring this person closer. But if that's not the case, then the person might be, maybe very regular with his salah or other things, but for the, to save the loss of that few rands, he'll lose his whole dignity by swearing every kind of flowery language. And at the end of the day, he'll probably just justify it again, the excuse and make, well, this is how business works. But what's the, why is this inconsistency? Because we're not being directed, not being dictated to by the love of Allah. Because when the love permeates, love is love. Then it goes across the board. It doesn't find some kind of, uh, you know, partly a person has that muhabbat and partly doesn't have it. Muhabbat permeates everything. One person, this incident is mentioned in the kitabs, that he was a trader, so now he used to sell fruit, like a wholesale kind of, wholesale of fruit. So some people came from a distant place, they came and they did a deal, they bought the fruit. Now fruit is perishable, it's not something that's going to last on the shelf forever. So they bought the fruit, they bought a very big consignment of fruit. And... Uh, now they bought it, they did the deal, they had come from a distance, now the next day they were going to leave, take this whole consignment and leave. Now in the night they are discussing about themselves, that, you know what, we didn't foresee the length of the journey, and now in those days the journey, by the time we get back and it's hot, we're not going to get anything for this route, in fact we're going to lose everything. So why don't we go and request, that you know what, cancel the sale. So they came to the person, cancel the sale, you want to cancel it. Now he's not obliged to cancel the sale. He is at liberty to decline that. But cancelling the sale has a very great virtue. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, Man aqala nabiman. That the person who now regretted why he, he bought something, now he's feeling, no, this wasn't the right thing to have done, I didn't need this, or whatever the case is, now his mind has changed. The person who does who undertakes the cancellation, Allah Ta'ala will forgive his sins on the day of Qiyamah. This person now, he's also trading, but he's not only trading for dunya, he's trading for akhirah. So he happily undertook this. Now his son got very upset about it. That, are you, it's fruit now. You're cancelling the sale, you're taking it back. You don't know what's going to be tomorrow now. Whether you get another buyer, don't get another buyer, what's going to happen? Is it all a very great uh, virtue in this, he cancelled the sale, he took it back. He gave them the money. And the time came to give the money, 
he gave them, the amount is also mentioned in the incident, I can't remember the amount, but some few thousand dirhams extra. Now there's a cancellation of sale, if it was sold for 10,000 rands, now it was bought by the buyer for 10,000 rands, now they're cancelling it, so the seller will return 10,000 rands. He added a few thousand more. His son got even more upset. Because the son was a, in our terminology, a real businessman. But the father was a businessman of a different caliber. So he asked him, but what, what kind of business is this? This kind of business, where is going to take anybody anyway? Number one, you cancel the sale. That already is a problem. So what are you going to do with this? Whether we'll find a buyer, don't find a buyer. But what was your problem about now? Why did you give them extra? So he replied and said, now this, this, the issue is, what makes a person think in this manner? What brings these kind of thoughts in the heart and mind of a person? When there's muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala, then one is the relationship with Allah Ta'ala is different, and the relationship with the makhluk of Allah Ta'ala is also different. There's different, different color in everything. So now this is what was dictating this. So he replied and said, these people came all the way from there, they came with an intention, with an objective. The objective was that they are going to come, they are going to buy something, they are going to take it back, they are going to sell it, make a profit. Now this was their expectation. They misjudged something, they came here, now they found out, realized that this is not going to happen like that. So now they cancelled the sale and they are going to go back empty handed. Number one, all the cost of coming, time, effort, whatever, they are going to go back empty handed. So now they obviously are going to be very disappointed the expectations have been dashed. So my heart didn't, I couldn't take it that they've come with an expectation that that expectation is not going to be realized. So this from my side, whatever I could, this is the, the expected profit that they perhaps would have made out of the sale when they went back. I decided let me give it to them from my side. Now, this kind of business in our term, our analysis of it, this is a perfect prescription for total loss. You see, these doors will close up in one, one week. And let alone profit, even the capital will be all gone. But these people's businesses didn't close down. I'm not advocating that every person that comes, then give him more than what he brought back. What we are saying simply is, that this is what, what changes, what changes the thinking of a person. What makes a person think in this way? Now, a person who has this kind of heart, this kind of mindset. This is how he deals. Why is he dealing with this? Constant Allah Ta'ala is there all the time. That Allah Ta'ala is watching, and how can I get closer to Allah Ta'ala? This outwardly something I'm giving here, but this is bringing me closer to Allah Ta'ala. So I, I lost nothing. I gained big time. What changes this? This is the Muhammad of Allah Ta'ala. It changes the relationship with Allah Ta'ala. It changes the relationship with the makhluk of Allah Ta'ala. A very famous incident about the person who, in Deoban, one pious person passed away. So somebody saw him in a dream. His dreams are also a lesson. In fact, in Bukhari Sharif, there's the mention of a dream. And one is the dream of the Anbiya Ali Wasallam, not the dream of Nabi Wasallam. Hazrat Abbas He saw Abu Lahab in a dream. This is in Bukhari Sharif. After Abu Lahab died, I saw him in a terrible state. 
in a terrible state, condition, and he asked him that, what happened to you? How did, how did things happen? What, what happened after you left this dunya? So he said, after I left, things have been really bad for me. But just that, every day, or whatever occasion it is, this little bit of water, meaning between the thumb and the forefinger, you spread it, there's a little bit of a small, like a gap there. So what, how much water is going to even come on that small little gap there? Maybe a couple of drops might stay there. If you pour some water, maybe one drop, two drops might stay. I, I get this much of water to drink. Because when his slave girl came and informed him about the birth of Rasulullah so in that happiness he freed her. And some say, some commentators say that he appointed her to breastfeed Rasulullah in that immediate infancy. So as a sort of reward for this, there's no najat and there's no salvation without iman, but because this was this great act of kindness to Rasulullah so this little bit is happening there. Otherwise the kafir gets all his whatever good in dunya already. Nothing left for him in akhirat. But in any case this was something on the side. This, this is a dream mentioned in Bukhari Sharif of what happened to Abu Lahab. So likewise this person passed away. Somebody saw him in a dream. They asked him what happened. How things went. Allah Ta'ala forgave me. Alhamdulillah. So he says on account of what? He says that one day I came home and I was very tired. Long day's work. And then the food was presented to me, but it was somehow very salty. The wife didn't realize that she maybe doubled up the salt. So now after a long day, tired, very hungry, and now on top of that, now you're looking for a sweet ending to the day, this is a salty ending. So now that salty ending has a, just has the effect of just shooting up all the levels the anger, whatever else, frustration, and all the things that we call it, stress, and pressure, and tension, and any other levels. So in any case, as this anger welled up, so I immediately thought that, now again, one is this thought, but what is the underlying reason behind such a thought? What he thought is also Allah Ta'ala's servant. What he thought is also Allah Ta'ala's servant. So what drove the thought, the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala? Now he's looking at people, not looking at them as people, looking at them as the servants of my Khaliq, the servants of my Allah. He's also Allah Ta'ala's servant. I'm also Allah Ta'ala's servant. If I forgive Allah Ta'ala's servant today, Allah Ta'ala will forgive me tomorrow. So Allah Ta'ala forgave me on account of this deed. That on that occasion I felt angry, etc. But I suppressed that anger and I overlooked it. So Allah Ta'ala forgave me. Now this is outwardly just suppressing anger, but it's beyond that. It was suppressing anger out of love for Allah Ta'ala. What created this thought, what generated this thought, this thought was generated by the love for Allah Ta'ala. The relationship with Allah Ta'ala will be different the relationship with makhluk will be different. The makhluk of Allah Ta'ala will be different. These are all just incidents, but it comes back to the same lesson, just now because example of the food came, so another example coming to mind of a similar nature. One, somebody invited him, so he went for the invitation, sunnah to accept the dawah of somebody, somebody is presenting a dawah to the class, accept it. So he went, so they came, they sat down, 
the food was presented. So he was there with one sati of his. So now when the food was presented, he ate. So for some reason, the house people were not all partaking of the food immediately. They were feeding him. So he ate. So after a while, he asked for more. So whatever else was there, they gave him more of that. Then he said that perhaps there's some still left inside the house, meaning in the kitchen, in the pot. If there's anything left, bring that also. I'm really enjoying this. So they brought that also. The Khadim is looking at him and he's amazed that what's, something is not right today. Forget eating more and eating more. And then after asking, is there something left in the kitchen also? Bring that as well. So in any case, they finally brought the pot and came. So he cleaned the whole pot out. Now this is really something totally out of character, totally out of the norm. But he kept quiet, he didn't say anything, he didn't ask anything immediately. In any case, everything was over, they left. And when they left and went away, now this was something bubbling within him, he couldn't hold it any longer. Finally he asked, very, very strange, totally against all the things you've taught us also, and your own manner of handling things, what happened today? So when he insisted, he said simply what happened was, you perhaps didn't taste that dish, but it was very salty. Somebody made a mistake somewhere in preparing it, and maybe one person added salt, and then somebody else decided that they want to also just add the salt. They didn't know somebody else did it first before them, and maybe somebody else also decided that there is still salt in it. It was very salty. So when I ate of it, I realized somebody made a mistake somewhere, whatever it is. So I finished off whatever was there on the Dasarkhan, but then I thought that there might be still something back in the kitchen, and later they might eat out of it and realize what was in it, that how salty it was. That's going to hurt them, that's going to grieve them. So I decided, doesn't matter, I get looked down upon, that look at this person, how much he's eating now. And oh, he's even asking for what's in the kitchen. But I want to save them that hurt. That they're going to feel grieved, that hey, what did we feed this person? We called him, we gave him a dawad, and we invited him as a guest. And then we fed him something so salty and they're going to feel within themselves very hurt about it, grieved over it. I didn't want to cause that taklif to them. Why? These are also the servants of Allah. Now this type of thinking, this kind of relationship with Allah in terms of the performance of ibadat, in terms of restraining oneself from haram, in terms of transforming everything about one's life as a means of bringing others also closer to Allah and then the entire change of the relationship with the makhluk of Allah Ta'ala. And the relationship with the makhluk of Allah Ta'ala is by adopting the akhlaq that Rasulullah Sallallahu taught. That becomes his life. Adopting the akhlaq that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi taught. And the summary of that akhlaq is that dealing with the makhluk in such a way that khaliq becomes happy and makhluk becomes happy also. One is you deal with the person such a way, he becomes happy, but you're displeasing Allah Ta'ala. That's not akhlaq. But doing such things that Allah Ta'ala is pleased, and you're pleasing his makhluk also. Now that becomes the life of a person. And everything gets then dictated by that muhabbat. Even how he deals with Allah Ta'ala's service. Then there can only be peace. There can only be peace despite whatever the dunya is dunya, dunya is not jannat and all kinds of things happen in dunya 
we are also insan, others are insan, we make mistakes, others make mistakes. Sometimes mistakes have to be corrected also. Things have to be put right as well. But in all that, he'll still maintain peace. And he'll go about things in a way that he won't lose this akhlaq of his. He won't do anything that will cross the line of deen. He won't commit zulm on anyone. He won't hurt somebody deliberately. All these things won't happen. So again it comes back to that same issue of generating this muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. Generating this muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala, where does it come from? So just for now, there's two things that we will mention. The two things that the mashayikh emphasize on, one is zikrullah and sohbat ahlullah. Excessive zikr, but this excessive is with mashara of our mashayikh, whoever we have our taluk with, and if we don't have any taluk to build a taluk where our munasabat is, where we find that compatibility. So with mashara, what we are prescribed then to be very punctual on that. And the other very, very essential thing is sohbat. The sohbat of the pious, this has a transforming effect. What it really creates, and this is actually the yardstick tool for a person, for him to himself judge, that is he taking the benefit that he should take. That the Mashaikh state, Faizan-e-Sheikh, Basurat-e-Himmat zahir hoti hai. That the fair, the benefit of the Sheikh comes and it manifests itself in the form of Himmat. In the form of, that a person now suddenly finds within himself that Himmat, that courage. First he couldn't wake up for Fajr, now there's that courage to wake up for Tahajr also. First he couldn't give up maybe uh, the worst kind of haram. Now he is having the himmat to give up even makru. He couldn't resist even the you know, very, very serious things. Now even the very fine things also he's finding the courage to be keeping himself away. That himmat that comes, this is that fair, this is that benefit. So this is the path that we have to adopt where we find our munasabat, where we find the compatibility, we find that we can feel that link, that ease within ourselves, we find something is clicking somewhere. Obviously the various conditions that are necessary have to be looked at as well. In this way, this path of getting to Allah Ta'ala not only becomes easy, it becomes very enjoyable also. This is the crux of our, the words of our Shaykh Rahmatullah that this path to Allah Ta'ala doesn't just become easy then it becomes a pleasure it becomes a joy that giving up haram is no more a burden it becomes a pleasure so this is the path that we have to take on and inshallah with this everything happens in it nothing happens overnight nothing happens in one go an effort has to be made but that little effort at a time Allah Ta'ala's fazal comes and opens the doorway for a person to get to the destination. Allah Ta'ala give me also the tawfiq, give all of us the tawfiq. Allah Ta'ala bless us with his muhabbat. Allah Ta'ala make us the true ambassadors of deen. Imbibe us with that muhabbat and make us the true ambassadors of deen to pass on this wealth of iman and this deen to others as well. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Inshallah after a short while we'll make some little bit of zikr and dua. 
before that we've been talking about this Muhabbad. I would ask my brother in Madawad Bhai to just, mashallah, he is very well acquainted with many of his ashar on Muhabbad. Inshallah, he, I just last minute just told him that I'll be doing this. So he will, inshallah, besides some of his ashar and maybe a little bit of the explanation of it also, then there'll be some zikr and Allah. Hazrat Mawlanaki Makhar Sahib, which we stayed in his company. One of the greatest benefits of his was that fly of love. Mawlana Rumin Abnaya says, Love is such a flame that puts everything ablaze except the beloved. As Hazrat Mawlana was explaining love, and Hazrat was like a student of Mawlana Rumi, he says, My first teacher was Mawlana Rumi, although he had lived 800 years ago. Mawlana Rumin Abnaya says, Love is not an emotion, but it is the essence itself. By love, things bitter become sweet. By love, by love, pieces of copper turn to gold. By love, the prison becomes a garden. By love, the king, the king becomes a slave. Mularuna says, I have had no drink sweeter than this poison, generally poison and bitter. And I know no state of hell better than the sickness. Every sick one cries out, oh Allah, cure me. But this one, Kaiser of Allah, increased the sickness of minds. In the same line, Hazrat has made one couplet. Ya Rabbi Dard Dil Tera Sare Maraz Ke Hai Dawa Hai Maraz Teri Ata Jo Bhi Shifa Se Kam Nahi Om Allah Ya Rabbi Dard Dil Tera This pain is love of yours. For every ailment, this is one medicine. See the doctors, they've got different medications for different ailments. But this ailment, this medication of love, is one medication for all ailments. This ailment is given by you. That's why Hazrat says, Sohbet al-Sheikh, Mujahida, and also asking for the jazz from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Do jahaan me koi meri kiemat nahi Haan agar aap ki ho karam And where do you get this was? Hazrat will always give the example of his Shaykh Mullah Abdul Ghani Pulpuri. Kabab milte, kabab wale ke paas. Kapra milte, kapra wale ke saas. Mithai milte, mithai wale ke paas. Or Allah milte, Allah wale ke paas. Allah wale is, like is like a candle which lights another without losing its own flame. Sohbate ahle dil se mila dard dil Sohbate ahle dil se mila dard dil Warna paate kahaan se dolat biham It's only with the company of such people who got that fire in their hearts that we have also got that fire. In one place I heard Hazrat saying, Shaykh Hazrat Rahman Gaj Murani Badi, who should always go up and down 
to the company of the sheikh and he said, what is this? And then he composed a couplet. Din mein so so bahar waha jana mujhe Din mein so so bahar waha jana mujhe Us pe so daai kahe ya koi diwana mujhe Hundred times a day I'll go there Because that is where my heart was lit Whether you call it madness or whether you call it business and Moana was also describing that if we fall, we trip. And Hazrat has made a couple for that too. Simple term. Mera har khata pe rona yehi hai Meri talafi teri rahamato ka sadka Another couple that has a more inspiration should love to recite. He's a person of inspiration. Agar che pur khatahe par kaha jaye tera bhanga Tere dar par tera bhanga Really, there must be a differentiating factor between the people out there, the non-believers, those are enjoying the earth, the sand, the this of this world, and the lovers of Allah. Unko sahil par bhi tuhyani mili Par hamko tufanon mein bhi sahil diya Muhabbat bari cheez hai Kya kam hai uski hasrat mele Moana once I heard from him He said Moana Rubina says Do not look too much for water Treat the thirst for it If we have the thirst We cannot be like those people of that time But we have the thirst We'll get to our destination Muhabbat bari cheez hai Kya kam hai uski hasrat mele in one line Hazrat has given, we are talking about Muhammad. Yehi ishqi alamat, yehi ishqi zamanat, kabhi zikr ho zubah par, kabhi dil mein yaad karna, meri zindagi. Just make zikr for a few minutes. It's important the Hadith Sharif. The person recites La ilaha illallah a hundred times daily. Allah will cause his face to shine like the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamah. What this means is that inshallah with the barakat of this daily recitation Allah will give him the topic of righteous actions and give him the topic of staying away from sin this will become the means of this great benefit on the day of Qiyamah So this is just a form of encouragement for us but uh, we will just make it for a short while we should try and make this a daily practice where in our time and space we try and complete this one tasbih of La ilaha illallah and while making this tasbih of La ilaha illallah Try to bring this to mind every time saying La ilaha, <coughs> all the Zayrullah, 
everything that is a barrier in our hearts from reaching Allah Ta'ala, all the evil, the illicit things, the evil qualities, the love of dunya, the love of the ego, etc. Everything we've taken and thrown out, and illallah, there is this noor settling in the heart, which is the love of Allah Ta'ala. Beside Guru Sharif. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu tabarak wa ta'ala Alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi Wa ashabihi wa baraka wa sallama Tasliman kathiran kathira Ya Rabbi salli wa sallim daiman abada على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله لا إله إلا الله 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 لا إله
اب تو رہے بستاد میں آخر ورد زبائے میرے
اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى واجعل اخرتنا خيرا من الاولى اللهم ارزقنا حبك وحب من يحبك والعمل الذي يبلغنا حبك اللهم اجعل حبك احب الينا من انفسنا واهلينا ومن الماء البارد اللهم ات نفوسنا تقواها اللهم ات نفوسنا تقواها اللهم ات نفوسنا تقواها وزكها انت خير من زكاها وزكها انت خير من زكاها انت وليها ومولاها اللهم اهدنا لاحسن الاخلاق لا يهدي لاحسنها الا انت واصرف عنا سيئها لا يصرف عنا سيئها الا انت اله العالمين يا الله اومز مرسيفول موز غريشس موز كاين موز لافينغ الله اله العالمين يا الله فوجيفاس يا الله Allah forgive all our major and minor sins, Ya Allah. Forgive what we did deliberately and mistakenly, Ya Allah. Forgive our families, Ya Allah. Forgive our friends and relatives, Ya Allah. Forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, shower your rahmat on the ummah, Ya Allah. Shower your maghfirat on the ummah, Ya Allah. Remove the pain and suffering of the ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, blow the winds of hidayah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, bless us with total hidayah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, bless every single person on the earth with total hidayah, Ya Allah. Allah al alamin we acknowledge whatever is happening is due to our sins ya Allah Allah forgive us ya Allah grant us and the entire ummah the tawfiq of those amal that bring down your rahmat ya Allah save us and the entire ummah from such amal that bring down azab ya Allah Allah al alamin ya Allah make us your true lovers ya Allah make us among your ushaq ya Allah Allah al alamin fill our hearts with your muhabbat ya Allah Allah fill our hearts with the fire of your love ya Allah Allah al alamin remove all the evils from our hearts ya Allah remove all the illicit things from our hearts ya Allah remove the evil akhlaq from us ya Allah grant us the beautiful and noble akhlaq of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam Allah al alamin ya Allah make us ya Allah your true and loyal servants ya Allah Allah remove us from the friendship of shaitan ya Allah make us your true friends ya Allah Allah al alamin for too long we have been ya Allah being the friends of shaitan ya Allah all we got in return was misery ya Allah we got hardship ya Allah we got destruction ya Allah Allah bring us into your friendship ya Allah make us your, among your awliya siddiqin ya Allah Allah al alamin ya Allah grant us the tawfiq of performing our five times salah with jamaa ya Allah grant us khushu and khudu in our salah ya Allah enable us to make the tilawat of the quran sharif daily ya Allah enable us to make your zikr daily ya Allah enable us to talk to you in dua daily ya Allah Allah al alamin ya Allah Enable us, Ya Allah, use us and our progeny to qiyamah for the khidmat of your Mubarak Deen, Ya Allah, with ikhlas and afiyat, Ya Allah. Bilahu al-alamin, remove all the evil qualities from us, Ya Allah. Grant us all the noble qualities, Ya Allah. Make our complete islah and tasya, Ya Allah. With complete afiyat, Ya Allah. Bilahu al-alamin, make us among your mukhlisin, Ya Allah. Make us among your mukhlisin, Ya Allah. Make us among your chosen servants, Ya Allah. Bilahu al-alamin, make us among your obedient servants, Ya Allah. Make us among your true lovers, Ya Allah. Because yours, Ya Allah, you become ours, Ya Allah. Ilahu l'alamin, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you guide us to your pleasure at every moment of our lives, Ya Allah. Save us from your displeasure, Ya Allah. Ilahu l'alamin, save us from all the sins, Ya Allah. Protect us from the sins of the eyes, Ya Allah. The sins of the ears and tongue, Ya Allah. The sins of the hands and feet, Ya Allah. 
cleanse our hearts out of all the evils, Ya Allah. Purify us from the pride, the arrogance, the malice, the greed, Ya Allah. From the love of dunya, Ya Allah. From the love of the ego, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Enable us to, Ya Allah, fulfill the laws of deen in every facet of our life, Ya Allah. Grant us the beautiful akhlaq of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Grant us his beautiful mu'amalat and mu'asharat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Enable us to fulfill all the laws of deen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who are sick, give them complete shifa and afiyat, Ya Allah. Grant them complete cure from all their ailments, Ya Allah. Cures from our spiritual ailments, Ya Allah. Cures from our physical ailments, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. All those in financial difficulties, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Grant barakat in each one's risk, Ya Allah. Grant each one halal and tayyib risk, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from every drop and grain of haram, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who have passed away from our families throughout the ummah. Ya Allah, you make their complete makhfirat, Ya Allah. Grant them the high stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, the time of our death, take us with la ilaha illallah. Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ya Allah, take us on tawbat and nasuh, Ya Allah. Take us on iman and kamil, Ya Allah. Take us at a time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Take our qabr's gardens of jannah for us, Ya Allah. Grant us the shafat of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Allah, give us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all the work of deen taking place, accept it, Ya Allah. Make it a means of hidayat, Ya Allah. Grant ikhlas to one and all, Ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, overlook the faults and shortcomings, Ya Allah. Overlook the deficiencies, Ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, accept the efforts of the masajid and madaris, Ya Allah. Accept the efforts of the makatib, Ya Allah. Accept the efforts of the khanqas, Ya Allah. Accept the efforts of da'wat and tabliq, Ya Allah. Accept the organizations of deen, Ya Allah. All that are on the path of haq, Ya Allah. Accept one and all, Ya Allah. Make it a means of good and khair for the entire ummah, Ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, unite the hearts of spouses, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of parents and children, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of family members, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of communities, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul alamin, sabku ek or nek bada, Ya Allah. Sabku ek or nek bada, Ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, Ya Allah. Make this ummah one, Ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all the things we have asked for, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us that, Ya Allah. What we should have asked for and not asked, Ya Allah. Without asking, give it to us, Ya Allah. Allahul Alameen, Ya Allah. All the good that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa begged for, Ya Allah, grant us as well, Ya Allah. Whatever Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sought refuge from, Ya Allah, you protect us also, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa na'udhu bika min sharri masta'athaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaag. ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله رب العالمين